Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential. Radio talk show about television. Danelle Dadigan will join us in our second hour for a look at some of the many new exhibits that will be on display this summer at the Hollywood Museum. Danelle, of course, is founder and president of the Hollywood Museum. She was also recently named Hollywood's most influential woman. Danelle Dadigan will join us in our second hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, by now, I am sure that all of you have heard the news of the passings of both Doris Day and Tim Conway. Doris Day passed away on Monday, May 13th at the age of 97. We are in the process of putting together a tribute to Doris Day that will include comments and insight from our friend Jeffrey Mark. Jeffrey Mark, award-winning writer, producer, music historian, and showbiz raconteur. Our tribute to Doris Day will air in a few weeks on TV Confidential. In the meantime, Jeff also recorded a few thoughts on the passing of Tim Conway. Tim Conway passed away on Tuesday, May 14th. As it happens within 24 hours of learning of the passing of Doris Day, we lost another icon who you personally knew as a friend, Jeff, that being Tim Conway. Well, Doris, I mean, when someone is in their late 90s, one has to expect there is going to be a death eventually. Mm -hmm. Eventually. Uh, with Tim, unfortunately, we knew he was sick for several years. Uh, so it was not a surprise that he left us. It was just a sadness that he left us because uh, Tim had not appeared in public, oh, golly, for two or three or four years. Yeah. Uh, I think the last thing he did was an interview for Rosemarie's documentary about herself. Mm -hmm. And that was a la and even that was difficult for him to do because Rose Marie uh, was the person who found Tim Conway again in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Ohio produces lots of wonderful creative people. Yes, yes, it so does. Rose Marie, who brought Tim to Hollywood to Steve Allen, uh, so he was part of that. Tim is a force of on his own. I'd be hard pressed to find another comedy talent quite like Tim what he did, irrespective of what show he was on or who was writing the scripts, Tim seemed to be self-contained. Now, I will say that I was a very close friend of Harvey Corman's, and if we're talking about the Carol Burnett show, which is probably what Tim is best known for, mm -hmm. uh, I preferred Harvey's work because you had wonderful, wonderful writers on the Carol Burnett show, many of whom were friends of mine writing brilliant scripts, brilliant sketches for them to do. And for those of you who don't quite know what I'm talking about or I'm about to talk about, the Carol Burnett Show taped their shows twice. Uh, once in front of a studio audience as a dress rehearsal and then a dinner break and then the quote-unquote real show. Mm -hmm. And every time Tim was a guest and then later when he became a regular, he would shoot the first one and make sure he did it correctly, make sure that the director had everything he needed, just in case. And then after dinner, Tim would wear costumes the cast had never seen before, say words the cast had never heard before, have whole different, I mean, he just went in a different direction. So, of course, Carol Burnett and Harvey Corman and Vicki Lawrence and Lyle Wagner laughed because... This was news to them. And the producer, Joe Hamilton, decided almost always 
that that's the version that was going to go on the air. And I have to tell you, as much as I loved Tim's work, and Tim was just a brilliant, brilliant slapstick character comedian, sometimes I would have liked to have seen the sketches as it was written. There are comedians, I think my friend Chuck McCann was another one, who have brilliant ideas but don't have endings for them. So the sketch just goes on and on and on. When you have a comedian like Charlie Chaplin or someone who does film, well, they can go on and on and on and Mm -hmm. then edit it out, Mm -hmm. edit it down to a good ending. I think sometimes Tim's sketches went on too long. But who am I to argue with 11 seasons of top-rated comedy? So obviously all you guys at home loved what Tim did, and I can tell you he was a lovely human being as was Harvey Corman. And uh, he brought that same Midwestern niceness mm-hmm. to his zany humor. Yeah. And it just was a sadness for all of us that he didn't get to be 97 and that he had ill health. Yeah, and that there was some tension and drama behind the scenes, some of which has been made public in other publications, and we won't dwell on that here. If, folks, if you want to read about it, they're out there. You could check it out yourself. Jeffrey Mark is on the line with us. Jeffrey Mark, Emmy Award-winning and Grammy Award-nominated writer, producer, performer, music, and TV historian, and showbiz Rack on tour. Jeff is sharing a few thoughts and insight into the comedic persona and unique improvisational genius of his friend Tim Conway. Tim Conway passed away this past Tuesday, May 14th, at the age of 87. The way I look at it, Jeff, is despite all that, as I understand, he went peacefully, he went without pain, and he's no longer tormented by that. Anytime you have injury to the brain, mm-hmm. anytime there's there's any kind of, I'm using the wrong words here, but senility or brain damage or inability to function the way you used to, mm-hmm. especially when your functioning is about your brain, you know, humor is all about what you're thinking. Yeah, it's it's terribly sad, and as you said, there are stories to be told about. There there was surprisingly to the people who watched the show, some tension. Tension between Tim and Harvey. Tension between Tim and some other people. Again, we're going back to what I just shared. Everybody else on the show, and this also includes Don Knotts and their movies together, you know, you have a script, you rehearse really hard, everybody wants to be at their best. When someone deviates week after week or day after day when you're making a film, it can get on people's nerves a little bit because, hey, I'm important too. And, hey, I worked really hard on this also. Stop stealing the spotlight. Yeah, you have to sort of have an an understanding of who your acting partner is if you're going to do something like that. Anthony Zerbe said this to me many, many years ago. This is when he worked with David Jansen on Harry O. He joined the show mid-season, and he came from a theatrical background. He came from a Shakespearean background. And even though he had done a lot of episodic television, he was given some leeway in the creation of his character, Lieutenant Trench. And he told me this story. The first couple of shows, uh, the writers gave him material that he felt was not quite 
right for how he would breathe life into this character. And he went off page in his very first scene with Jansen. And he made a change that made what Jansen's scripted response would be on the page impossible to say. But this is one of those kismet things, and you know this as a performer, Jeff. Uh, as it happened, Jansen figured out what Zerby was doing, and he said, okay, I see what you're doing, and he kind of improvised with him. So it, that worked there. But the point is, you have to know who your acting partner is, and you have to respect who your acting partner is if you're going to go off page like that. And if you don't, there will be tension. I think everybody who worked with him, Harvey Corman, Carol Burnett, Vicki Lawrence, uh, the, the cast of McHale's Navy, because this is not new to Carol Burnett. Mm -hmm. Tim did this on McHale's Navy as well. It, it is what made Tim, Tim. This is what Rosemary saw when she was in Ohio doing promotions for the Dick Van Dyke show. Tim was in the booth saying funny things to her over the loudspeaker, and every time it was something different. He was an improviser. He was an improvisational performer, mm -hmm. and that was his strong point. Uh, I'm sure Tim would have been great at Second City. He would have been great as one of the groundlings. He was very, very good at that. I, 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 I don't know that anybody who worked with him disliked him. No. It was a matter of getting their professional toes stepped on occasionally uh, that caused the, the tension. And it's probably why his solo efforts, because there were, I don't know how many Tim Conway shows and sitcoms built around Tim, uh, a sitcom, unlike a variety show, the characters have to have at least three toes in reality. Mm -hmm. Because they're characters. They're, they're ongoing characters. They can't all be cartoons. And what Tim did was very brilliantly funny, cartoonish kind of sketch comedy. And in that milieu, Jean-Louisé, mm -hmm. he was brilliant, maybe the best. Yeah. But sometimes what he did didn't fit the format. Or another way of looking at it, and I'm thinking aloud here, which is always a dangerous thing, Jeff, but one of the reasons why none of his solo shows lasted much more than 13 weeks is that as a performer, as a style of humor, he was probably best taken in smaller doses versus being asked to carry a show as the lead. He got to work better in a supporting capacity versus as a lead. Even though his style of humor was brilliant, it worked best in shorter doses. I agree. Uh, a, a great deal I agree with what you just said. I, I think there's one more thing maybe with Tim. And if you look at the great sitcoms, I Love Lucy, but Dick Van Dyke Show, uh, All in the Family, MASH, Mary Tyler Moore, and we can go through making a very long list. Mm -hmm. Even when the star of the show was portraying a character far and away from who they really were, the ones that lasted brought some of themselves to the character. Jean Stapleton was the heart of All in the Family because she was a heart-filled woman. She brought that to her character. All of these people who starred in these shows were brilliantly talented, 
but they each brought a little something of them to the parts. I don't think Tim Conway ever brought Tim to the show as he did. He was bringing his comedic persona to the show. But you didn't really, because Tim was a nice man, Mm -hmm. but you don't really get that. You don't get that he was smart or kind uh, or generous to people in the part that he played. And perhaps if he would have allowed that to shine through a little bit, there could have been a Tim Conway show that lasted seven seasons. Jeffrey Mark is on the line with us, uh, sharing some thoughts and memory and some insight into his friend Tim Conway. Tim Conway, the great uh, actor, comedian, and legendary funny man who passed away Tuesday, May 14th. Jeff mentioned the role that Rosemary played in discovering Tim Conway back in the early 1960s. Rosemary shared that story with us in detail when she was a guest on TV Confidential back in 2012. We will play audio from that conversation later on this hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. We will also play highlights from our conversation with Vicki Lawrence and from Carol Burnett's show historian Wesley Hyatt. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, again, thinking aloud here, we mentioned that none of his shows lasted more than 13 weeks. Well, I think one show lasted a season and a half, like a half season followed by another half a season. And it got to the point where at one point, I believe one of his personal license plates was 13WKS, 13 weeks. So he would make, and again, that, that kind of speaks to his self-depreciation in that he would make fun of himself for not having a long-running show. But in a day and age of today, shorter seasons, where 13 weeks is a long season, If any of his shows ran today, maybe they might have been successful or considered successful because they were limited 13-week shows. I I will respectfully disagree. (laughs) (laughs) And and let me, I'm stepping on my own lap, but I want our friends at home to not get bored with us. The reason I disagree is the show's, Tim was never bad. Yeah. All right? Tim was always a superior performer. Mm-hmm. But the scripts were weak. His co-stars sometimes were weak. They weren't good shows. If Tim were alive and there was such a thing as a variety show still on television, perhaps Tim could have headlined a 10-episode arc of, of sketch comedy. Or he could have allowed really good writers to invent a character for him the way they invented a character for Bob Newhart for his sitcoms that was funny, but also human. Yeah, not a caricature like Dorf the golfing guy, but a character based on Tim Conway the person. Yeah, I mean, here's a story about Tim, and it's it's not a long story, nor does it have a punchline, but many years ago, uh, our, our dear friend Pat McCormick and for those of you who don't know who he is, a six foot seven comedy writer mm-hmm. and actor who was in the Smoking the Bandit film, mm-hmm. Burt Reynolds. And uh, Pat had a stroke and was in the uh, motion picture home in Woodland Hills, California. And several of us threw Pat a birthday party there. And if I tell you, just about anybody who's ever been funny showed up to this thing. We had 80 or 90 people at this joint. Uh, an outdoor 
sort of a barbecue party. And and Tim came on his own, uh, not because he just came to honor Pat and spend time with Pat, who couldn't speak. His stroke had disenabled him to speak out loud. But you saw Tim and, and other people being with Pat, trying to make him laugh, trying to get through to him. You, you saw the personal, generous side of Tim there. There was Tim not being dwarf and not being an ensemble player, but being a human being, reaching out to somebody else he admired and felt badly for. Uh, that's the side of Tim nobody got to see. He never allowed that to emerge publicly. But it's that guy that Carol Burnett loved so much and why Harvey Corman teamed up with him and why Chuck McCann teamed up with him and why Don Knotts teamed up with him. There was a real person there that I liked, sometimes more than his sketches. Any final thoughts about Tim Conway that uh, you'd like to leave our listeners with that we have not already talked about before? Yes. With Tim Conway, there are sketch comedians still, year in and year out. We see them on Saturday Night Live. But Tim's particular genius, and that noise means we're, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> I thought that meant Samantha popped in. She did. Samantha materializes in my office. That's how I know, but I am telling you the truth. Tim's particular genius. See, every time I keep saying it, <laughs> Nora just popped in. She wanted to say hello to you. Uh, and there are people out there going, what in the heck are these two men talking about? If you've never seen Bewitched, why are you listening to this program? Yes. Um, Tim's particular genius <laughs> Again, because it was one of a kind. Yeah. And uh, Chuck McCann is gone now, and Harvey is gone now, and Don is gone now, all of these friends of mine. And uh, I will tell you, I got to watch all of these people rehearsing. And when you see this kind of comedy genius working things out, it's, it's like going to Comedy School 101. And I learned an awful lot from watching Tim and... Uh, I'm very sad that his comedy voice was stilled. And uh, we're losing people that are irreplaceable. I mean, every human being is irreplaceable. But from a show business point of view, we're losing one-of-a-kind talents, and I don't see new talents coming up to replace them. And show business is going to start getting very sad soon. Young people out there, would you please learn from some of these people? We need your talents to fill the gaps. So I'm encouraging young people, listen to Doris Day, watch Tim Conway, and uh, help us to keep that going. And read the books of Jeffrey Mark, because Jeffrey Mark helps keep the legacy of the Doris Days, the Tim Conways, the Ella Fitzgeralds, the Ethel Mormons, and the Lucille Balls of the entertainment industry alive through his books, through his talks, through his various other commitments to preserving uh, Hollywood and music and entertainment history. Where can people find you, Jeff? Well, I'm doing a tour in the fall, a singing tour. So uh, maybe you'll have me on again in the fall. We can give you dates for Virginia, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, and New York. You can come hear me sing and tell funny stories. Otherwise, you can find me on Facebook, 
Jeffrey Mark, G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y-M-A-R-K. If you have any questions, I'll be happy to answer them. Uh, I just finished writing my memoirs. That's coming out next year. I am doubling the size of the Lucy book. That's coming out next year. And uh, I'm probably sweeping a stage and building some scenery someplace. (laughs) Jeff, it's always good to have you on. We will have you back later on the year. I would love it. Listen to Ed's show because it doesn't get any better than this, guys. Jeffrey Mark, we'll be back in a few weeks on TV Confidential as we pay tribute to Doris Day. In the meantime, we'll take a quick time out and we'll be back with more TV Confidential right after this. Ed Robertson, along with her friend Donna Allen Figueroa, who I understand has a new book out. Yes, it's entitled Fall Again Beginnings. It's the first part of a four-part contemporary romantic series set against the background of working actors. Something that you know a a thing or two about. Well, you write what you know, and I have been working in the business for several years. It is not necessarily autobiographical, but it's based on... Sure, many of the experiences that the actors in my book have, many have happened to me, many have happened to friends of mine. It's not, if you're looking for... Valley of the Dolls, it's not, it's grounded in reality. It is grounded in reality, and it's the first in a series. Yes. Called the Fall Again series. Fall Again. Which is available as a paperback as well as an ebook and in Kindle at fallagainseries.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy, some uncle I never knew, called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-649-0142. 800-649-0142. That's 800-649-0142. Are payday loans ruining your life? Do you want control over your money again? If you have two or more payday loan cash advances, listen closely. You may be eligible for a program payday loan companies don't want you to know about. A program that may help get aggressive and unfair payday loan companies out of your bank account and get you back on track to financial freedom. Payday loan companies may trap you into paying outrageously high interest rates. And they take way too much of your hard-earned money every week. We understand their tactics and know how to keep them off your back. We'll fight hard to help you regain control of your money. If you have two or more payday loan cash advances, call right now for a free consultation. 800-488-5880. 800-488-5880. 800-488-5880. That's 800-488-5880. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash 
TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.